Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Thursday morning. So, SEC might expand again. Are you surprised about this? (laughs) No, not really. Uh, Because, Mike, I think it's the way of all college sports, especially in regards to football, since that's the big moneymaker for the big-time schools. Eventually, not going to be right away, but eventually I'm thinking that we're going to have separate leagues altogether. And the, the haves will have all of their games within their own context. And you'll have maybe four super conferences geographically aligned, and then you'll have the rest of them. I think eventually that's the way it's going to morph out. Not that it hasn't already. It is in a sense. But here are Oklahoma and Texas making overtures to the Southeastern Conference. That's reported in the Houston Chronicle, and I think it's probably pretty accurate. Houston newspaper reports that the decision could happen within the next couple of days. Why would Oklahoma and Texas want to join the Southeastern Conference? M-O-N-E-Y. Now, not that those schools need the money. They don't. They're among the wealthiest, especially Texas, Mm. which is the wealthiest of all the major colleges. But here's here's a little giveaway. Last year in the pandemic year, the TV revenue for each of the Southeastern Conference schools, bottom Vanderbilt to top Alabama, each of those schools got over $45 million in revenue from just TV. The Big 12, to which Oklahoma and Texas now belong, got a paltry 32, I'm, I'm sorry, $38 million per team. Now, <laughs> What's the difference? Come on, when you're the talking SEC about millions TV of dollars. Network, that's well, the, the difference. Fact that, no, 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 no. The difference in the income, though, is right there and very tangible because those, while to us it's a small number, 38 to 45, when you're talking about millions of dollars, oh, you're time. talking about a huge increase in your athletic budget. Well, that's going to be the case from here on in. Does it work? Would Oklahoma and Texas be good members of the Southeastern Conference? Of course they would. Would everybody be happy? Not hardly. Alabama and schools like that that rule the SEC, and you're seeing two of the big-timers coming into your league, and especially in the state of Texas. Texas A&M belongs to the Southeastern Conference. They used to belong to the Big 12 with Texas. Texas A&M got out of that conference for two reasons. Number one, the money, and number two, because they wanted to be a separate identity from Texas, and now they would not be if that were the case. So there are a lot of little barriers to cross before all this happens. I think it'll be interesting. Is there a limit to the teams in a conference? There is not. There is no legislated limit as such, and that's why I'm thinking that somewhere, maybe not in my lifetime, but sometime in the relatively speaking near future, we're going to see super conferences. Man, wow. But uh, like you said, and I think you're right on the money, it all comes down to money. Uh, who is the not-so-new addition to the Chiefs, sir? Well, he isn't uh, He isn't new at all. They're going to re-sign and have already, as a matter of fact, as of uh, two days ago, Alex Okafor at defensive end. Some of this has to do with Frank Clark and his rather convoluted status with the club. But Okafor was released, not really signed with anybody, obviously not, because the Chiefs have re-signed him, and he can do the job. Okafor's not a kid. He's 30 years old, has had injury problems, and as long as he stays healthy, he's a pretty doggone good pass rusher. This is also brought about by the fact that the Chiefs did not get Melvin Ingram. He went to mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. But nonetheless, I think a signing of Okafor is pretty good. Deal. And we'll definitely be able to ask Mitch about that tonight at our Chiefs Happy Hour Riff 5-7. to 7. 
You can get your tickets still online, 1047thecave.com, or you can just get them at the door if you want to come through. It's always a blast. Speaking of which, it was 59 years ago today, an historic first in sports, Ned. What was it? It's the PGA National Championship, which back then was always the last of the major golf tournaments. Now it's the first. They play it in May. But the PGA National Championship was at the Aronimink Country Club, which is just outside Philadelphia. And one of the competitors, this is 1962, now that's how long ago this has been. One of the competitors was a South African player named Gary Player, who is still competing today. This is incredible. He is, he's a genetic freak. The guy is in his mid-80s now, still out there. Now he's not necessarily competitive anymore as such, but he still shows up to all his dates and still plays and Still keeps his physical fitness regimen going. He is really remarkable. Anyway, Gary Player won that event, beat Bob Goldby by a couple of strokes at Aronomy, and Gary Player became the first non-resident of the United States to win the PGA National. It was 59 years ago today. Man, I can't believe you've been keeping a journal that long so you can remember (laughs) these things. Were the Cardinals able to take the series against the Cubs? Well, it's not over yet because they play again Four later today. That's Four true. Game. But the Cardinals did win last night, although they blew it in the ninth inning again. Had a 2-1 to lead in the ninth, and the Cubs came back to tie the game and send it into extra innings. And, of course, in extra innings in Major League Baseball for this year and probably this year only, you have the runner automatically on second base. Well, the Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs ran themselves right out of their 10th inning rally uh, with some really faulty base running. And the Cardinals were able to escape without any runs being scored. So with uh, Goldschmidt on second base to start things out in the last of the 10th inning, Yadier Molina bounced one over the wall and right and brought home the winning run, and the Cardinals got a 3-2 win. Needed that win badly. Kind of calmed down the fans a little bit because the fans were not happy with that explosion of the other night in which the Cubs scored six runs in the top of the ninth. But be that as it may, Uh, The Cardinals do gain a game now on the Milwaukee Brewers, who lost again. We'll talk about that in in a second. Do you think if the uh, extra inning batter on second rule didn't exist, the Cardinals still win that game? Hard to say. Yeah. See, uh, there's been a lot of those this year, which is crazy. I think it's going away, which is probably a good thing. It will. Um, So at least that dub's a dub. Hopefully they can get another dub today, one more against the Cubbies. Now, it seems that uh, the guys in Milwaukee have just been not paying attention to baseball. They've just been paying attention to basketball because the Royals came in and stole a bunch of wins from them. Two games in Kansas City, which the Royals won. Two games in Milwaukee, which the Royals won. How about that? 4-0. and oh. How do you explain that? Here's one of the poorest teams in baseball, or at least poorest records, the Kansas City Royals, and one of the best, the Milwaukee Brewers, and the poorer team takes all four games that they play. That is baseball. The way the ball bounces. There's so many variables involved. Anyway, Royals did win yesterday, 5-2, beat the Milwaukee Brewers, and that certainly helped their cross-state rivals, the Cardinals, because the Cardinals are now seven and a half games back as opposed to eight and a half. But another game today, Brewers won't play today, but the Cardinals and Cubs will, and they'll play an early evening game up in St. Louis. And if they win one, let's make it six and a half games. Not, they got to do well, it, man. It wouldn't man. be six and a half, it would be seven. Seven, excuse me. You're right. Uh, last but not least, uh, we got the Olympics officially. They're already going right now, but uh, officially everything gets underway tomorrow. Uh, when's Team USA play in baseball? The baseball is a week from tomorrow. 
They have a number of times to play exhibition games in Japan, which they will do. It's a good USA team. Very good. A lot of AAA minor leaguers on that team. And at one time, uh, the Cardinals had a couple of guys, still have one, Brandon Dixon, who will be on their pitching staff. But over and above all of that, the team will play some exhibition games and then play their first game next Friday toward the middle part of the Olympics. They're playing on one of the islands outside Tokyo. It's a pretty good competition. The USA will play Israel. You say, well, we should slaughter Israel. No, no, the Israeli team is pretty good. These are individuals who don't necessarily live in that country but have lineage to them. We saw that with Team Nigeria in mm-hmm. basketball. The way it works in the Olympics. But it'll be interesting. I want to see how USA does. USA women's softball has been outstanding. They've won their first two games. Yeah, the ladies are definitely kicking butt. Ned, you go kick some butt today, and I will see you tonight. At the Rift, 5 to 7, our Chiefs Happy Hour with Mitch Holtis. You have a good day, sir.